to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Joseph had a problem. In the days of Joseph and Mary, marriage wasn't taken as lightly as it often is today. People didn't wed each other after love at first sight and a whirlwind engagement. And premarital sex definitely was not an accepted part of a couple's relationship. Most often, marriage was arranged by one's family. The parents of a young man and a young woman of marriageable age got together and they decided whether or not such a marriage would benefit each family. They took into account such matters as ancestry, finances, employment, and social status. And then, if everything was appropriate and agreeable to both sets of parents, a marriage contract was then drawn up and a couple was considered to be engaged. Compatibility was not an issue at all. Being engaged didn't mean seeing how well a couple got along together. Being engaged meant legally bound to each other, but without the intimacy of really being married. In the gospel lesson, we heard that Joseph was referred to as Mary's husband, even though they had not actually become married yet. Essentially, being engaged was a time of getting ready for the marriage ceremony, and such was the case with Mary and Joseph. Arrangements still had to be finalized before the wedding ceremony could take place, And the final details of that contract were still being drawn up. And all the while, the betrothed couple were getting to know each other, making their own plans for the future, polishing the most hopeful dreams of their life together. And as impersonal as this may sound, it was really an exciting time. And all the while, their own affection and love for each other was sprouting and beginning to grow. In other words, for a Middle Eastern couple of that time in history, it was a normal engagement. But then, unexpected, abnormal things began to happen. God intervened in their lives. And the most radical event of all history was planted right in the middle of that relationship. By the mysterious and sacred workings of the Holy Spirit, we don't know how we know that it happened, Mary became pregnant. It was announced to Mary what was going to happen. An angel of God came to her in a most private moment and told her of God's great plan. 
He explained how she would carry and give birth to the very Son of God, the Messiah, for whom his people had been waiting for the longest time. And despite the shock and understandable fear that she felt at this news, Mary gave herself over to the will of God. And then, with a spirit of complete trust, Mary rejoiced. But the holy announcement had been for her ears alone. Now, most of the time, a woman cannot keep her pregnancy a secret for long. After a certain period of time, her pregnancy begins to show. And when this happened to Mary, it created problems, big problems. Joseph discovered that Mary wasn't exactly as she had seemed. And not surprisingly, he was really upset. There were certain rules about how to handle a situation like this. When an engaged woman turned out to be pregnant too early, it usually meant only one thing. Something had happened that was not allowed. If her fiancé was the person responsible for the pregnancy, he would need to marry her at once. But everyone knew that he, too, had done something that wasn't allowed. He would be shamed, along with his wife-to-be, and their reputations would be immediately tarnished. But if the fiancé wasn't responsible, then he was free to dissolve that engagement, and in this case, he would be spared the social stigma. But the woman would not be spared. This was Joseph's dilemma. Mary was pregnant, and Joseph had absolutely nothing to do with it. Joseph loved her, but Mary's actions had broken their relationship and their future together, so his course was clear. Of course, he could make a big stink about it, and a lot of people in his, under his circumstances would have done just that. But we know that Joseph was a good and a caring man because he chose to make the break with Mary as quietly and as painlessly as possible. Nevertheless, the plain and simple fact was that Joseph was getting ready to dump Mary. He got ready to reject the baby that she carried within herself. It wasn't his. He prepared himself to abandon all the dreams and plans that they had so lovingly made together. Nobody would blame him. And it was, as I said, the proper thing to do under those circumstances. And now we find Joseph struggling in his mind and his heart just how to best make this final break. And it was then, right there in the middle of his sad reflections, that Joseph was accosted by God. And finally, the message of the ages was given to him, too. It came as rather more than a shock. It was more like being struck by a bolt of lightning. Not only did Joseph discover an angel speaking directly to him, and believe me, even at that point in time, this was not a normal thing to happen, the message was that the long-awaited Messiah was finally coming into the world. And this was the child that Mary was carrying within herself. 
So she had not been unfaithful to Joseph at all. Rather, she had been completely faithful to him and to God's will. All of this was a holy event of the highest magnitude. And God had ordained that he, Joseph, would be entrusted to act as the earthly father to the Son of God. This was nearly too much for poor Joseph to take. It made his head spin. But in the end, he too found himself willingly to accept the unspeakable privilege of being an integral part of God's salvation history. And of course, this did put a sudden and permanent end to any thoughts that Joseph might have had for breaking his engagement to Mary. It shoved that idea completely out of his mind. Now, I'm pretty certain that Joseph did not feel ready for such a thing to happen. How, may, how can anyone feel ready for that? Would you? Not I. But ultimately, Joseph really had no choice. The plan was already in motion. It was completely in God's hand, and it was only for him to kind of sit back and wait. So good man that he was, Joseph submitted himself to the will of God. Now, you all know the, the children's game of hide-and-seek, where one person covers his or her eyes, counting to a hundred, and then loudly shouts, Ready or not, here I come! And the search begins. Well, if you're like me, Christmas has a way of coming whether we're ready for it or not. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it always seems to come a little bit too early. There's so much to be done, and somehow there's just never enough time. And sometimes it gets pretty frustrating. I still need to do all the ordinary chores, carry out all the, the normal responsibilities of the day and the week, but I also need to do extra things. Preparing for Christmas services and, and church activities, buying gifts and sending packages, writing Christmas cards, fighting the shopping crowds and congested traffic, helping to decorate our home, buying the Christmas tree, setting it up, meeting deadlines that won't budge. Yeah, I think you know what most of that, at least, is like. And it can be frustrating. And somehow the spirit of Christmas can get buried under all sorts of other things. In the midst of it all, I have to be honest and I miss and I admit that I long for those welcome moments when I can take my shoes off and put my feet up and just plain relax again to to quiet music and the crackle of a fire in the fireplace. And sometimes the thought sneaks into my consciousness that as wonderful as it all is it's going to be nice when Christmas is over and done with for another year. By golly, we still have New Year's Eve to get ready for, don't we? It's kind of like Christmas shouting all over again, ready or not, here I come. 
And I want to shout back, no, I'm not ready. Wait a bit. Give me a few minutes. But Christmas won't wait. God's love wouldn't, and it couldn't wait for Joseph to get emotionally ready. In the fullness of time, it all happened, and Jesus came. I happen to think that sin itself wasn't ready for that. And that's just part of our problem. Something deep inside, and I think it's my own human nature, simply isn't ready for Christ to come. Maybe that's why we work so hard at looking the other way when we're called to action. We adore the infant Jesus, and who doesn't adore babies after all? But we rebel at his growing up and demanding our allegiance, calling us to service. It's like being drafted, well, not anymore, but signing up to be part of the military, GI, government issue, or in our case, God issue. You know, Jesus' demands upon us sometimes seem just too unrealistic, too demanding, and sometimes just plain untimely. Love the poor and the different and the strange. Be generous first with those who need it the most. Forgive each other whether you're in the mood to do that or not. It sounds nice in theory, doesn't it? But it just doesn't always work. It's asking a bit too much and sometimes too soon. And even if it were possible and feasible, where in the world are we going to find the time? But I think the most difficult and the most unreasonable of Jesus' demands is that we love God first and best in our lives. That really may be asking too much. Yes, we love God, but better than our spouse, our boyfriend, or girlfriend, or children, or grandchildren, or country. And certainly more than all of those put together, That's tough. There are simply too many things that we simply must take care of first. And there are certain allegiances and commitments that must always take precedence, you know. God should understand that. Perhaps God does understand the way in which our hearts and our minds work. But that doesn't mean that we're right or that God is always in agreement with us. He may be forgiving, but that doesn't mean he's stupid. And the clock is still ticking. And we aren't quite ready for Christmas. Maybe we will be by Tuesday. Or a week from Tuesday. But not yet. Not yet. Well, thank heavens, God wasn't ready to wait for, uh, wasn't content to wait for us to get ready before sending Jesus into the world. Or else I think the world would still be waiting. And Bethlehem would simply be an obscure place on the map and nothing more. But Christ did indeed come. And all we need to do now is simply to open our hearts and our busy schedules to him. We may not feel that we're ready, but God is ready. 
Mary and Joseph took the plunge of faith and they experienced the grace of God. In the process, they found themselves absolutely lost in wonder, love, and praise. It was absolutely the best time of their lives, even if the amenities left a lot to be desired. I invite you, too, to take the time and make the room in your life for our Savior. Take the time. Do it now. Don't put it off. And let yourselves also become lost in the wonder of God's love. Let your life resound with the joy of praise. And know the blessedness of the Christmas gift in your life this year and every year thereafter. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.